Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, welcome back if you've been here before, I should say, and welcome if you haven't. Uh, this is the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Tuesday's episode today and Tuesday's episode is all about you guys. It's all about the owners. It's all about the Porsche community. It's all about the the Porsche passion, the Porsche passion as we call it. Um, it's about the owner. It's about the owner and it's about the journey to get your first 911, your second 911, your first Porsche, your first Boxster, whatever it might be, your 356. Um, so that's what it is. It's been a great series. I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I know you guys are enjoying it as well. I know the listeners and, and you guys out, well, you guys are the listeners. I know everyone has been enjoying it. I know the guys that come on it are enjoying telling their story. Um, and it's it's been fantastic. So today, let me stop rambling. It's number 26. Today, I've got PJ coming in and PJ uh, is coming in as always. We're doing this through Zoom or via Zoom. Uh, PJ is coming in from the UK, from London. Uh, and PJ is a, you know, he's a, I'm going to, I'm going to say this in the introduction. I'm going to ask PJ in the, um, in this, when I start talking to him, two of his mates who have been on owner stories before, which we'll get into. Uh, one of them told me he's a true VW Porsche guy. Uh, he's got a love of classic Porsches. He's got a classic Porsche. Um, he's heavily involved in the car community. So I think it's going to be a good one. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So we might go a little bit off track off the normal uh, the normal sort of uh, questions, or not questions, conversation points, see what uh, PJ has to say. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's get PJ. Let's start this one. It's Owner Stories, number 26, uh, PJ, um, and we're going to get him on Zoom right now. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. Uh, like I said, today we have... We have an air-cooled story. We have a, a, a classic Porsche story. Uh, we have a, a, you know, we have a good one, I think. We have a good one coming up. So um, today we're going to be joined by, and PJ's here already, we're joined by PJ, and PJ's coming in from, I'm going to say London, PJ. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You are in London, right? <laughs> I, I got that right. You were I'm close in, to London. Anyway. I'm, I'm in Reading, um, which is just outside of London. It's about 45 minutes on a good day. On a good day. So, yeah, not with, yeah. Not with traffic. Not with traffic. No, not <laughs> at the moment. There's, uh, they're, they're widening the M4. So it's been roadworks for years down right, there. It's horrific. Right. So 50 yeah, mile an hour I, all I, the way into London now. I know what that London traffic's like when we're going. I mean, we're based, when we're in, in London, we're in Canary Wharf. And I know when we get the car from Canary Wharf to uh, Heathrow, how bad that traffic can be. It can either take you one yeah. hour or it can take you <laughs> two hours. <Yeah. laughs> depending, it's, it's... depending on the weather, depending if the tube is running, depending on so many different things. Um, the fun oh, it's not of... even fun drive. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, so I'm gonna let's let's get straight into it, and and obviously the listeners are gonna know uh, the car that you have at the moment, which is um, which is a three five six, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, that's gonna be in the title. So we're gonna get into that car, and we're gonna talk about other cars that you've owned, and you know your stories. Cool. So we always like I always like to start the uh, Porsche Good Owners stories with with the same question, um, and just get you know where it all started. Uh, where did it all started when you? when you started this love of Porsche or this love of air-cooled Porsche or classic Porsches or, or just cars in general? Was it, was it when you were a kid? Was it, you know, was it later in life? When, when did it all start for you? I think I have always loved cars. Like um, when I was a kid, I had, you know, Hot Wheels and Matchbox. They were all always lined up in, in my bedroom. 
Uh, I'd go to Bewley Motor Museum with my parents a lot and see all the cars in there, uh, the Bluebird, etc. Um, I initially actually, <laughs> my mum and dad, uh, they did quite well for themselves. Uh, they, they came from a very poor background, but they did quite well for themselves. And when I was at school, they had started to buy nicer cars. Uh, mm -hmm. Like for instance, my mum has ha had a couple of 996s, a couple of Mercedes. My dad bought one of the early Cayennes. He bought Cayenne Turbo when they just came out. Wow, um, nice. So I actually resented nicer cars growing up. I didn't like them. Okay. I, I didn't like the smell. I didn't like the leather. I didn't like the attention they drew. I literally used to beg my mum to buy a more normal car because I wanted to turn up at school and be anonymous. I didn't want everyone to be like, why has your mum got the brightest headlights out of everyone on the school pickup? Do you know, I mean, I literally had that. I remember my mum had got, um, when she got the 996, she had, a, is it the Xenon or the halogen lights? Yeah. And yeah. she came up to school and the lights shine through the window and then some kid just punches me and like, it's like, tell your mum to turn her lights down. Like, <laughs> why can't you just, why can't you just have a normal car? Um, so I actually resented uh, the nicer cars. I just, I wanted to have a more normal car and I think, that's actually what drove me into the, the cars I fell in love with, which was initially, you know, the most humble of cars, the air-cooled Beetle. Right. You know, literally as soon as I could, I went out and bought the polar opposite car to what my parents had. So you, you, didn't, you definitely didn't want a 996. So you didn't start with a 996. That's for sure. Ironically, actually, <laughs> quite, it's quite funny because the 996 was the, one of the only cars that I didn't get travel sick in. Oh, okay. Because they they had like a S class Mercedes, and man, going around the lanes in that thing, it just it was like a barge. It was so wallowy, and I'd just be like sat in the back, just like I feel so ill. So you know, with the with the nine eleven, I was always sat in the front, and you know, I had firmer suspension, and so I was you know fine in that. That was good. So you you've um, experienced these better cars. You've experienced. 911s when they were new, you experienced the, mm -hmm. the turbo Cayenne, which was like the top range, you know, Cayenne, which was very good yeah. in its day, whatever generation it was, first generation or second generation. Um, Mercedes Benz, you know, you've been in really good cars. And then, so that, that first, uh, that having that during your period of growing up and, and, and mm -hmm. what was associated with it. So then you decided, well, hey, I, I don't want something new. I want something that's got more yeah, character, exactly. more life to it, more, you know, exactly experience. Is it the experience or is it the character? It's the character, isn't it? I, I think for me, I, I didn't want a car that, that was too show up. Like I didn't, I wanted something humble. I wanted something that anyone could have owned. I didn't want to turn up and be like, oh, like people make assessments of you based on, on, I mean, like, I used to turn up to my like ice hockey training as a kid, and I was the only kid that got dropped off in in this Mercedes, and everyone would just look at you like, "Who are you?" And it's just, I just was uncomfortable with that. Um, so I started. <laughs> it's funny it. you say. It's funny you say that. Let me just interrupt for one second. Um, I was it. listening to Smoking Tire podcast, and I don't know whether you listen to it with Matt yeah. Farah. And his his father mm -hmm. is very wealthy, right? Wealthy, right? He's Roger Farah, and he's been involved in fashion in years and years. And he said, you know, people used to blame me because I was rich. You know, it's not my fault. I was just born 
into this family. It's yeah. not my fault. You know what I mean? Um, and it's yeah. kind of that same thing, isn't it? It's not like, you, you know, you don't love your parents or whatever, but it's like, I don't want this attention. I just want to have, you know, I, something else. Yeah, I, that... wanted, I wanted to just be anonymous, you right. know. But my parents aren't famous or, I mean, they did well for themselves, um, but they're not superstars. But when you live in a small place and, you know, we, we lived in a small town or whatever and everyone at school at the time knew what my dad was doing. Right. Um, because it was Reading, you know. Yeah. We sponsored I mean, you probably need to go into what, what my dad actually did, but you know, we sponsored Reading Football Club, we sponsored BTTC, if I said that correctly. <laughs> no, we've got a good introduction to where you're gonna go in the cars here. So let's let's just introduce what your father did. Let's let's tell the listeners what your father what your father's business was, because you've told me already. Um, and then sure. it all kind of ties in anyway. So let's let's start with that. Yeah, sure. Um, so my dad, uh, back in 1977, uh, with his you know friend at the time, the pair of them started the magazine Auto Trader. Yes, uh, that was based out of Reading. Um, they literally, my dad's my dad's investment into that company when they first started was literally all the money he had, and that was 500 pounds to really? to start Auto Trader. Yeah, right. Um, they didn't have an office. They used to, on their breaks at the Evening Post, where they both worked, John John Medeski and my dad, uh, Paul Gibbons, and they would use uh, what they referred to as the Morris Marina suite, which was just their Morris Marina that was parked outside, and okay. they'd go and have their meetings in that. And um, that, so John, John had come back from the US, and he'd got an idea from seeing other classified magazines in the States about doing something similar. So that's when him and my dad got together. Tell the viewers in the US and, and in Australia and Europe, because we have a lot, um, what Auto Trader is. <laughs> just just explain to it in just a you know brief way what, what it is. Yeah, sure. So Auto Trader magazine in the UK, um, well, now it's not a magazine anymore, but um, that was basically from, yeah, from the late 70s, that was the most reliable and efficient way of finding used cars and new cars. And it's still the probably the along with eBay, I guess, and stuff is probably the most dominant um, secondhand car market in the UK. Yeah. I think anyway. Um, I would say that most people in in the UK have bought or sold a car through Auto Trader. Yes, over the years. And and I'm not from the UK. I mean, obviously, I spend time there now. But you know, I know what Auto Trader is. It's 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 just yeah. synonymous in the car world. Do you know what I mean? And as yeah. you mentioned to me, you know, Mark that was on a owner stories a few owner stories ago, his his memory of finding his his cars is through Auto Trader, and I think he mentioned it in the story. You know, it, it's something that's in people's memories of of finding their cars. So your dad, so your father's obviously a car nut. Your father's into cars. You know, he he did this business, but yeah. obviously he has a passion for cars from the cars that he's purchased over the years, mm. like you just mentioned before. Um, yeah. So is that where your this is your passion is growing for cars? You know, your dad's doing Auto Trader. You know, you've got nice cars around around your home, but then you think, okay, when I can get my own car, I'm going to get something more real, so to speak. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it, as much as my dad was into his cars, and he he was. It was, it was my mum that had much better taste in cars. <laughs> yeah, she um, she she loves cars. Like my mum loves cars. Um, my dad enjoys cars. I would say. I mean, it's the it's how he. You know that that industry is how he made his money. Um, but he, I, I mean, 
he likes nice cars, but I wouldn't say he's a through and through petrol head. Oh, okay. Whereas my mum, my mum literally will, you know, she'll be online like specking cars that she wants to. Yeah, she never <laughs> she doesn't, but she right. she's interested. She's into it. She she loves all the old cars that I've had and still have, etc. So let's start on your your car journey. Let's start on on you know sure. what what did you buy? What was the you talked about uh, V Dubs? You talked about Beetles. Was that the first car that you yeah. purchased? Uh, myself, yeah, that was the first car that I purchased, uh, and I still own it. It's uh, oh, okay. 1963 Beryl Green right-hand drive UK car. I bought it uh, maybe like three, four miles from my house. Okay, just saw it at a show one day. I paid about three thousand pounds for it. Um, so you bought, them, bought them? Bought them when they were cheap? I actually, I actually didn't have the money. I borrowed the money off my friend's dad. Um, he, he gave me the cash so that I could get it that day, which was really kind of him. Um, so that's now, um, fully restored, supercharged. Yeah. Fun little car. So when you bought that car, it was just, it was just as per original condition, unrestored modifications or had it been sort of, you know, it was a stocker. It was a stock car. It was still six volt, 1200 CC matching numbers, um, yeah, apparently it had won previous things as a stock car. It entered in um, like Stamford Hall VW show and stuff like that. Um, but I've never seen any evidence of that. So <laughs> when I bought it, it was it was a, it was a good car, but a bit ropey. Okay, yeah, it needed love. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to just tell the listeners while we're doing this because you've got an Instagram, right? And you've got images of that V Dub on your Instagram, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So That's... PJ's Instagram is PJ underscore Gibbons, G-I-B-B-O-N-S. Um, so check that out, PJ underscore Gibbons, and you can listen, you can watch that. Oh, sorry, watch it. You can look at the Instagram <laughs> while we're chatting. Um, is that the green one that's lowered? Is that your... Is it light green? I've had yeah, a few green ones. the light green <laughs> Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, okay. That's uh, an original color as well, barrel green. It's a bit of a weird one. It looks pretty special. You've done a lot of work to that car. Yes. So that's, uh, so I had, um, initially I, I did it, uh, back in 2008 okay. and then it kind of, ha- it's, ha- it's kind of had refreshes around 2013. That's when we put it on air ride, um, and stuck the original Fuchs wheels on it. Those are genuine ones as well. Genuine Fuchs four okay. and a half and sixes earlies, uh, with the hearts. Um, you know, I bought those for a really good price. You wouldn't get anywhere near what I paid for them now. <laughs> but that was back in the day. That's a car you're going to hang on to, though. That's not the. You're never going to get rid of that car. That's not something you're going to. No, I've promised. I've promised that to my eldest daughter. So <laughs> can't go anywhere. No, no. Um, but I am planning on turning it back to stock. So that'll be interesting. Oh, you are going to turn it back to stock. Yeah, I mean, like my life has changed so much since I built that car. Uh, I say I built that car. My friend Ian built that car. Um, but, um, you know, I was just going to car shows, driving it there very slowly, dumping it on air, and then, you know, sometimes coming away with prizes and stuff. Okay. Um, but, but that's not really my cup of tea anymore. I wanna, I've want i got two daughters, and I want them to have the same passion for cars that I do. So for me, it's my only four-seater, proper four-seater, that I could do the school running. <laughs> so... I want to get it get it out on the road and make memories. And they're quite generous. Uh, they're quite big inside uh, Beatles as well. I mean, I haven't been in one in yeah. years. I mean, I have driven I have driven a few Beatles over the years, not restored, just normal Beatles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. they're an experience. They are an experience yeah. to, to drive. So, 
What was it though when you did that car? So you're saying it was in 2008. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly when you bought the car what you wanted to do or you just started, is that when you started getting I, into that air cool culture and you started reading things and you just, you started working out what to do, what mods to do and how to change it? I, I had actually always wanted a split window bus. That's what I wanted. But even at the time, a split window bus was considerably more expensive and, I was a bit, I wasn't really confident enough to get into something like that. You know, I passed my tests only like a couple of years before, if that. Um, And I was driving a BMW Mini. So for me to go from that to a Type 2 was slightly intimidating at that age. But I ended up doing that anyway, about (laughs) about three months into the restoration of the the Beryl Green Beetle. I bought um, a 57 panel van. Um, okay. and I then bought a 59 single cab. So I ended up with the two, two split windows anyway. <laughs> so, so you, you still have those cars today? I've still got the 59 single cab. I sold that and, um, regretted it. After. I basically, I lost a wheel on the motorway. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was overtaking a load of trucks and I was just driving along and I felt the whole, the whole truck start to vibrate. Wow. And then the next thing I know, I was just on the rear drum sliding around the motorway so i was like ah oh, maybe this isn't for me anymore so <laughs> i sold it after fixing it and then um 10 years later after a long search i managed to buy it back and it was in holland okay so, yeah so you have that so which is which for. is that one on your which is the one on your instagram you've got so i don't know which ones are yours and which ones are other people's here. <laughs> so is it the um, open tray the open tray v-dub or is it which one are you talking about yeah, so the single cab is the one that's like um, with the flip yeah, down it's sides, the rusty, right? The rusty one. Yeah, yeah, that's my old single cab. Oh right, that's very my, cool. Uh, very cool. My pickup. Yeah, it's good fun, man. It's um, it's quite quick. <laughs> uh, it's got a bigger motor in it, um, and it's because it's so light. There's nothing on the back. But yeah. Through yeah. lockdown, that thing was amazing. I turned it into a cinema for my kids. Um, we did all their classes in it. It was the most useful thing in the oh, world. That's fantastic. So they got so, great memories yeah. of that then. That's going to be great memories yeah. when they grow up. Yeah. they. Um, I mean, it hasn't got the best name. They named it Princess Trucky, which I don't <laughs> think suits it. But, you know, it's still endearing. So, so there's a tri- you like lowering the Volkswagens, right? They seem very Yeah, low. I like lower, I like lowering everything. How do you you don't and I know that uh I know your mates with um and I don't know whether I mentioned it, but your mates with Nick and um Jack who have been on owner stories yeah. before. And I know Nick is lowering his or has lowered, I think, slightly his nine twelve that he picked up in the US. Yep. Any issues on yeah. UK roads when they're that low, especially with the Beetle? Well, I mean that beetle the the 63 beetle at one point it was so low that i'd drive down the motorway and pick up cat's eyes do you know what i mean um but i we re-engineered it so it wasn't quite that low and again that's one of the reasons why i want to get back to stock i i kind of got used to other things other vehicles where it's like oh there's a pothole oh you know i don't need to clench do you know what i mean (laughs) so um so is that an easy process pj getting that Getting the Beetle back to stock, mm-hmm. is that going to be an easy process for you? Uh, it's relatively easy. Again, I'm, I'm not very mechanical myself, but my buddy Ian of Ease Autos um, in Bisley, he's, um, he's my go-to guy for VW stuff. He's okay. E- extremely clever. So I can't, I can't do anywhere near what he can do. So I'm happy to put it into his hands. Right. So he does all the work for you. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So he's, 
he's yeah. Sorry. All right. So you you've got the air cool bug. You've got mm-hmm. you know you've got a few V dubs. When does yeah? The, I mean, do do more Volkswagens follow? What what follows? What yes. what else is more come? Okay. I've, I've I've written a list if you'd like to hear it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's tell the listeners what you what you bought. So going back to the '63 Beetle, um, I went uh, VW Beetle, then uh, Mark V Golf GTI, yes. then Mark One Caddy, then the '59 Single Cab, then a '57 Panel Van, again uh, Volkswagen Type Twos, yes. then a '58 Panel Van, then a VW Mark One Golf. 1977 that only had 27,000 miles on the clock that was wow. an absolute gem and you've sold yeah, that one that was awesome i did you should yeah. have kept that one i should have it was a proper <laughs> early series one yeah original paint original yeah. interior sort yeah. after i know yeah. where it is i know where it is though um so this is a bit of a regret this next one because i bought a oval window ragtop beetle that come in from california it was black okay um that car came with a 356 engine in it. Okay. And I said, I don't want to pay for a 356 engine. Give me the car without the engine. <laughs> took about a grand okay. off the car. Right. It took about a grand off the car. And I was like, perfect, I'll take it. <laughs> so I could have got, I could have got, a, uh, it was a 50, yeah, 57 oval Beetle with a 356 engine for seven grand at the time. Okay. I was like, nah. We all have wanna. regrets. We all have regrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then I went into a 65 Carmen Gear. Um, that was quite nice. Uh, that was low mileage, 40. How was the Carmen Gear? I mean, everyone loves the Carmen Gear because everyone loves the shape of it, right? And everyone associates yeah, good, with being like car. a Porsche. Is it a good car to drive? I've never been in one. Is it a good car to drive? So smooth. So smooth. It was, it was lovely. It was such a nice cruiser car. Like, I wouldn't do much else with it, but... It was a lovely cruiser. You could just, you know, sun's out, just go for a nice drive. But, um, you know, I didn't do too much with it. That was bone stock. I was going to do a restoration on it, and it was just a bit too far gone for me. It lived by the sea its whole life. Only 45,000 miles on the clock. But right, so it was pretty Living, rusty, living by it? the sea, yeah, yeah. And it had been like one owner, and he had done all sorts of dodgy stuff to it, like gluing oh, okay. like floor mats to the seats and that's that's the problem with old v-dubs isn't it and old beetles and stuff they really do need a bit Mm -hmm. of work because people have really let's say bastardized them they've sort of like you know they were cheap (laughs) and they just did whatever they thought was cool to the car so it's a bit of work um i always remember not the common gears and we're going to get onto your porsche in a second but i always remember i think it's the fastback is it called the fastback 1600 the v-dub i remember a friend had one of those and i thought at the time it was like and i remember they weren't that cheap you know, and it was um, it was the coolest. I thought it was the coolest looking car at the time. They they look a little bit like a Porsche, but yes, Porsche, yeah. but but not quite. It's not quite as good looking, I'd say. But yeah, they're no. pretty. They're pretty neat. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, Type Threes were fairly big in Australia, weren't they? Like, yeah, they're quite popular. Yeah, they were um, like squarebacks and stuff. Yeah. Um. So the VW list continues. Uh, oh, there's more. There's I then more. got okay. <laughs> there, there is. I then got a '65 Camper Westphalia. Um, that was awesome from California as well. Um, then uh, another Golf. Uh, then a Sirocco. Then another Golf. And then I had a VW Caddy van as my daily driver. Okay. And um, that kind of leads on to the 944 that I first bought. Okay, I didn't know about the 944. 
Um, yeah, that was. I knew there was a nine twelve in there somewhere, but I didn't know about the nine four four. So we'll get onto that. So what is it? Let, the listeners are going. What is it with you and Volkswagens? What is what is the appeal <laughs> of the V Dub? I just think they're a lot of fun. You know, there's. Um, I, I don't know if this is the right thing to say. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. Yeah, yeah, you can. You. There's there's like no whiff of arsehole about a Volkswagen. Right. Like, um, they're just they make people happy. They make you happy when you're in them. Um, you know, unless they break down or catch fire or you lose a wheel on the motorway. But um, but they're just a nice thing to be in. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense actually. Um, it's it's kind of weird because you first, you bought your first one in was it 08 you said 2008 yeah 2008 yeah. so they weren't as you know fashionable let's say in 2008 no. how do you think now no. though has it has it changed a little bit this v-dub culture has it become a little bit too you know the people coming uh, into it a bit too more too fashion has it taken something away from from the car or you think it's still as as good as ever i th- i think it's better personally i think okay. the culture has grown and i think there's been a lot of influences from other stuff with the, you know, with the internet, um, you know, back in, back in 08, I was on forums and stuff and, you know, Instagram, you know, you get more inspiration from everywhere else. And I think there's a slight shift in that when I first started getting into VWs, it was, you know, people with like hand knitted woolly hats and yeah, yeah it was very hippie ish. Um, yeah. And now it just feels a little bit more, normal i was never into you know rainbow woolly hats and stuff so i don't know um yeah i mean i really I, don't know there's lots of restorations i mean i know even on youtube you look at it and there's so many there's quite a few channels of people doing restorations on the buses especially because the buses are so popular there's that guy yeah. in the U, there's that guy in the u.s isn't there the guy that's got the collection of the buses like he's got such a huge oh, yeah. that guy that's, yeah it's the, just, com- the comedian yeah which yeah. is just insane how many he has like it's just crazy yeah um yeah yeah so okay so that you're driving the, the v-dub and then you think okay it's mm-hmm. air-cooled it's german what about porsche when does why does porsche come into you well i know you know it makes sense but what made you buy a porsche yeah so I bought the 944 because I was recently single and my daily driver was a caddy van. And I thought, man, I can't <laughs> rock up to a date to take okay. a girl out and be like, come get in the caddy. It's like, I don't know. I just didn't send the right, the right yeah. message. I was like, I, it's a bit I like, wanna, the, it's a bit like the panel van in Australia, the surfing culture panel van. It, yeah. it has the same connotations. Yeah. I wanted to be a little bit more suave. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to pick up girls. Maybe this will help. I don't know. But yeah. I also really wanted the car. It was, it wasn't just motivated by girls. It was like, I, I wanted a nine four four. I like, okay. I love pop out headlights. I like cars from that era. Um, you know, and the, you know, I just happened to find the one that I loved. But it was, it was quite a Larry car, man. It was like, it was um Alpine white S two with yep. cobalt full leather interior okay it was um it was um it was different man but i loved it i loved that car I'd happily buy another one you know so how many years ago did you did you buy that car how, was it a while well, how many years ago five years ago six years ago uh 2013 i bought that car so um, still at a reasonable I, price still at a reasonable price yeah, for nine four like, fours at that point i think i paid ooh, seven and a half for it it had done under a hundred thousand miles. Uh, I bought it from a company called Forster. Um, you know, they sell 
good cars and I just thought you know I you know I want to find a good car straight away I don't necessarily know exactly what I'm looking for so they had they actually had a stack of them at the time I could go and pick one I was like oh, this really? one or this one you know what I mean? okay yeah they had an yeah so you know a lot about V-dubs, you know a lot about Beatles, you know a lot about Volkswagen mm-hmm. buses and, and Caddies mm-hmm. and Siroccos and all these things. When you go to get this Porsche 944, mm-hmm. how do you know you've got a good one? How do you know that's the one you want to buy? So I trusted uh, them as a company because they are very meticulous um, about what cars they take on to sell. Um, yeah, it has to be solid. It has to have a good service history. This car literally came with a service history that was, you know, like as tall as I am. It was, everything was there, every, you know, spare keys, tools, uh, everything was there. And I was just like, this seems about right. You know, I'd seen enough VWs and stuff to know what rust looked like or what rot looked like or what a bad engine was gonna, what signs there would be. Um, Man, it was probably the best car I'd bought at that point. Okay. You know, in terms of being complete and solid and, man, it had like a purpley blue interior. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> color. Um, so, okay, so you, yeah. you, you get the 944. Mm-hmm. First, first, first uh, thoughts after when you, when you start to drive it, when you drive it away or when you, you, know, you first get a chance to drive it properly compared to your Volkswagen to the Beetle, what was the first thoughts? Um, it was just a completely different vehicle, man. It felt so torquey. Um, it was just solid. It felt great. I, it, it needed nothing as well. Like for me, I'm used to projects where, you know, you pull in old, like old toenails out of the carpet. And this was like a nice car. I was like, I've arrived. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I felt, I, I felt good. I felt good. In it. And my, my housemate at the time, he's really into Fords and he had a, uh, 67 Mustang and he'd always you know always been giving it the big one because you know I drive slow Volkswagens and then it's like well you know see 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 how it is now and he got in it and he was like man that's amazing I like that car so he got his seal of approval so when you have the 944 what else is in your garage then you've got the Beetle you've got a couple of the buses have you no at that point I had uh, the Caddy, which was my work vehicle. Then I had the Westphalia, the 65 Westphalia bus. Uh, that's the camper from California. Yes. Uh, and my 63 Beetle. And then then I bought a really interesting project in that summer. Um, I bought a, I think you'll quite like this story because again, it's because I know you're looking for a 912. Yes. And this is the story of a car that I basically bought on Facebook without seeing at all i just saw some really blurry photos of it and i put my trust in someone whose opinion i valued um but i bought yeah i bought a barn find uh 1950 slash 51 um patina very patina uh split window beetle from sweden um original paint throughout original interior okay um basically i just trusted who had recommended it and that was that if i'd have been a friend recommended it or someone who's a bit of a v-dub specialist you don't have to say who it is but someone who's a bit of a specialist and they said this is you should take this up oh he was 100 percent a specialist he was the editor of volksworld magazine at the time Um, okay and he had been like yeah man this is a i messaged him he's like yeah this is a good car you you, you'll be 
mental to not get this. Um, I was like, well, can I knock them down on the price? And he was like, I wouldn't. The price is fair. You're going to get it. If you get it, you'll be happy. And I was 30 seconds before the next person tried to buy it. And if I'd missed it by that 30 seconds, I wouldn't have had the car. But I mean, to 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 put it straight, I bought that vehicle for like 12,000 euros. Okay. In a delivered, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't even be able to get much of a car for that now. No, no <laughs> it way. It's a really good purchase. So um, when it arrived, how was it? Was it, was it okay? Oh, it was, it was a mess of mice and mice. We oh, was really? nasty, man. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful because like, that's what I was looking for. But at the same time, the headliner was falling off its stank of damp. And actually it, gave my house a mouse infestation. So. Yeah, I was worried about that because when you bring cars in, this is, I've read stories of this where it actually there's still things living yeah. in the cars, you know what I mean? And I know in Australia, yeah, we, when, you, when you bring cars into Australia, like I was looking at, you know, importing a car into Australia, obviously a 912 if I wasn't going to bring it into the mm-hmm. UK. And that's why they have to get them, you know, you have to get them, you know, steam cleaned underneath before they can be shipped there, and then they yeah. have to be completely cleaned but out. That's great. And, you know, quarantine. That's great. Of, yeah, quarantine things. But I want to know. I'm interested actually because you get this car. It's full of rats. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mess. What? Mm-hmm. You wake up the next morning. You go, okay, I'm going to start work on this car. Do you start work on it? You think I'm going to strip this car out before it does mechanical? What is your process when you do that? When you get a car like that? So basically, I I didn't really do much to it. I was like, this interior is beautiful it was disgusting but beautiful so i hoovered it etc very gently i mean these seats were made of wool and they were from 1950 like they were thin and i wanted to keep them i didn't man they were itchy though um (laughs) I, i didn't want to damage them i wanted to preserve them so so i did everything very gently um you know like we really you know, you'd find not like there was a massive tear in the headliner that was only on one side. And it's like, you'd knock it and you'd feel all this weight in it of oh, really? whatever was in there. Wow. So I kind of just stuck gloves on, stuck a hoover up there. And then whatever was still heavy, I kind of grabbed and put straight in a bag and, you know, ran away and closed the door. <laughs> but um, man, that thing, that car, I mean, it turned into such a cool car, man. That, um, we fully restored it underneath, like fully, fully restored it. It ended up with um, disc brake conversion. Um, you know, the welding that it needed on the body wasn't to do with like water or weather. It was to do with where the rats and mice had made their homes. Oh, right. So really? getting the panels for those particular areas was yeah, bizarre. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't a case. It was the idea with that car was to make it look like a car that had been modified, you know, somewhere in its lifetime, but not currently. So I had some original gas burner wheels, you know, Porsche gas burner wheels. Yes. In completely original condition, matching wheels. I stuck those on it. And then we built a pre-A 356 motor for it. So you spent quite a bit of money on it or not really? Yeah, I did. Definitely did. It was a big investment, um, but it was an incredible car. Like, yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, again, you know... So where is that car now? You didn't keep the car. You decided you did this work on it. It drives well. Yeah. It's got the character. It's, you know, it's a very rare one. Um, so what? It, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. So um, what made you move that one on? Because you don't have that one now, that, do you? 
No, we don't. But I sold that. Um, it, that kind of ties into the next couple of cars. So maybe we could we can come back to that. I yeah, think, sure. Uh, yep. It ties back in, but yep. I'll um, I'll remember to mention it. But um, okay. Basically, so also if I um, I then I then my buddy Simon Simon Medleycott, um, who is a big Porsche enthusiast here in the UK. He's a talented photographer as well. He bought a 912 and me and him had gone camping everywhere in, you know, we'd been around Europe, the UK, like we were mates, you know, his wife and my, you know, now fiance were good friends. And we used to go off in our camper vans together. And then one day Simon's like, Oh, I've sold, I've sold my Westphalia. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and I've bought this. And I'm like, what have you bought? And he showed me a gray 912 and I'm like, okay. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I was so into VWs. I was like, why have you bought that? That's like not, not a cool car. Like I was like, are you going to lower it? Are you going to, you know what I mean? Like all the standard VW stuff I was so used to. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it is what it is. I was like, Oh, well, you should have kept your camper, mate. (laughs) So where did he find the car? Did he buy it locally in the UK or he got it shipped from the US? California. California Um, car. So, so he he um oh I forgot the name of the guy that that came from uh he he does a TV show uh I forgot his name okay there's a TV show called Sticker Sticker Shop oh, okay. uh, in, in the states I'm not sure um so your friend still uh, has that car he still has the 912 no no so here's where it gets interesting so Simon's like a few months later or whatever he's like oh, I'm gonna go traveling um. But I've got to sell. I was I was up visiting him, um, and he was like, "I'm going to go traveling, but I've got to sell the 912 to to fund it." And I was like, "Okay, well that's that's cool. Have have a nice time traveling." He's like, "You should have a go in it before I sell it." And I'm like, "No, I'm not, I'm not interested in this car." So he's like, "Go on, just have a drive." Like he took me out in it, and he was like, "Just have a drive." I was like, "Man, okay, fine. Let, let's let's switch. I'll have a go." Man, I fell in love. It completely, completely changed my opinion. Really, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm interested, 100%. actually, PJ. I'm interested though why why you had such why you weren't interested in it at all because it is a 911, right? It's it's the 911, yeah. Body. And you you but weren't a fan I, of 911s in general. You weren't a fan of Porsches. Is that what it was, or I, you just thought I, they were a bit? I you still thought they were too flashy, even though they're old and been, it's a classic one. I I don't know what it was, man. I think I just thought it was a bit like. I've I've always 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 wanted a 356. So to me I was like, well, like I didn't even know what year the 912 was. That could have been at the time that could have been like 70s or something. I was like, I don't it, it for some reason it didn't capture my imagination. Um that particular car. Um and I I don't know, I kind of thought it was a bit like going from like modified stuff that we had and and the lifestyle, the VW lifestyle, okay. is very relaxed and chilled. And then yeah. I was like, "You're going into like a classic car. Like you can start wearing tweed and stuff." So it's That's a bit boring. Kind of it's a bit boring. Yeah, it's a bit sort, sort of. Yeah, I can it, see I what was, you're saying. So what was it though? I was Tell so me. Wrong. You were wrong. Yeah, and I think I was you're so wrong. wrong. <laughs> so when, when, <laughs> I was so when, wrong. When you got into that 912, you got into your mate's 912. What was yeah. it though that when you how long before you, 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 you're driving it and it's like, when did it sort of click Second. that this was okay? What was it? What was it though? Seconds. Can you remember? 
Man, it was shifting. It was everything. Literally everything about that car changed every opinion I had of every car in a second. Okay. It blew my mind, man. Like, I was like, I can do... Was it five-speed or sorry? It was, yeah. It was dogleg. Um, and I was like, I can do corners. Like, I was used to, like, slam buses. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like, steering wheel was, like, sideways and as big as a, you know, huge Domino's pizza. And, yeah. and then I was in this thing and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever driven. So I made an offer and that was that. Fantastic. Car. So you bought that one? Just, I did. Yeah, I bought Great. the car that I had claimed was the most boring car in the world and I didn't understand why you bought it. And then Fantastic. That was that. So what? Yeah. Did, so you had that, so you got the 912, you still got the 944? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the 944. I sold the 944 not long after buying the 912. Okay. So you... at that point, I had a 912, a split window Beetle, a camper van, um my 63 i just had too many cars and all of them were starting to need more attention so i'd like to see your garage actually <laughs> you must have a very uh, large parking area I for have, all these cars i have a i i don't i i sold <laughs> most of them man um and i sold most of them because i wanted to buy the car i've ended up with so you let's know? stay on the 912 for one second though so the 912 you've sure. got the 912 Best best things about the 912 during the ownership period. What did you like the most about it? Oh man, I, <laughs> I it's just so ironic how I I didn't get that car at all at all, and I loved every second of owning that car. Like I made really good friends with it. That's how I started to know Jack Dudman and Flat Six Jack. You know, like okay. me and him had a mutual friend, and we both sat looking up. We both had babies around the same time. We sat with these babies, and then. I'm like, oh, what'd you do? He's like, oh, I'll work at Porsche. I was like, oh, I have a Porsche. He literally yeah, scooted yeah. himself over to me. And, you know, since then we've been mates. But. I think um, I, I think I need to have Jack on this podcast. Every, oh, you, know, you definitely do. there's, you know, yourself, Nick, uh, Jack, Sunburn Lobster, Ajmal, Flat Cap Driver. Everyone uses Flat Six Jack. Um, yeah. I know he listens yeah. to these every now and again. I think he needs to come on the podcast and talk about yeah, you should these, definitely get the, him on. the work on these on these cars that he's doing. So yeah, you definitely should. Okay, so you got the nine twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same loving the experience. At the same time, my split window beetle is still being built, and that nine twelve hundred percent influenced that beetle because initially, like I was, it wasn't going to be the car it was. It was going to be slammed. It was going to be on air. It was going to be the same as all the other cars I'd built. And then all yep. of a sudden it was like, I know what a driving car is like now. So yep. that's when it went down the slight more like an, I'd call it an outlaw beetle, man. It was designed to go fast and drive. And it was a lot of fun. Um, there's videos of that on my Instagram. If you, if you want to have a look. Okay. I'll check it driving. out. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, the listeners should check that as well. So you, you, you've got the 912, you sell the 944 because mm-hmm. you've picked up the 912. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have, that many cars you've still got the no. the split window what happens what what goes next um so what sold i sold everything really apart from the 63 beetle um because i then tracked down my 59 single cab and i was like i need to buy this back that that 59 single cab was the one of the ones that got away for me um had the same build date as my birthday so i knew it was that okay. car um, so I bought that back. So I was like, well, I don't need two split window buses. So I sold my camper van much to my kid's dismay. 
because um, that was like a playhouse for them. Um, and so, then, so PJ, you had to sell these cars purely to fund the one you wanted to buy back because the one you wanted to buy back has has appreciated, it's gone up in price, and you, you, you <sighs> have to fund it, or yeah. is it just because you had too I, many? So those, you know, those original three cars I bought, the 63 Beetle, the 57 Panel, and the 59 Single Cab, I got all of those vehicles together for under 20 grand. Okay. And then to buy back my truck, it in the end was like 21,000 just for the okay. truck. And I was okay. like, it's brutal. Over three times what I sold it for. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, to the same person you bought yeah. it back? Oh, okay. So he's smiling Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's okay. I got it back, so okay, and it was a fair thing. price. So yeah. it was a fair price, but I wish I'd kept it. <laughs> would would have been cheaper. So everything's yeah. gone, and then you think yeah. you've still got this three five six dream, right? Because you, you wanted a three five six. Oh, no. You mentioned before that the three five six was something yeah. that you wanted. It wasn't a nine twelve. You didn't get the nine twelve, that nine eleven body. You wanted the three five six. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, now I get the 911s and I get 912s, um, but it was something that I guess I had to I had to grow up a little to appreciate it. Um, but yeah, the 356, the 356 has always been as long as I can remember. Um, the first time I saw a 356 was a picture of it. It was a picture, and it was next to a Carmen gear. Okay. So obviously, I found everything through VWs, and I was like man, what is that? Like, then I had to do a bit of research and find out. And I thought, um, I just, I don't know, man. There was just something about it. The shape, the simplicity, like it was everything I would have ever looked for in a car. It, see, I find this interesting, Muriel, because for me, and I, I think I mm-hmm. might've mentioned this because we had, I've had two, three, five, six owners on the, on, yeah, on the yeah, stories, right? So we've got Mark from Mark and Cars who has a YouTube channel, uh, who has mm-hmm. a 19... 60, be, right? 1960B, right? 356B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 356B. And then Todd, Stone City Outlaw, who's working on his at the moment, um, who's a really nice guy. Maybe you should you should contact him through um, uh, Instagram. I, I have. You have? I did. Yeah, because he's yeah, working man, on his. Was... And his project is, you know, I think that's going to be a... That's, That's going to be a good one, and he he obviously found that one. He found was a as a good find, wasn't it? That uh, oh, T one, yeah. that six uh, was it fifty yeah. seven, right? Fifty seven T one. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I I when I was listening to the podcast, uh, he was like, um, his car was one of the last T ones to be built, right? Um, and uh, mine and his cars are built about. Th- three four days apart from each other okay so let's let's tell exactly the listeners because we're you know we're 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 skipping things with you because because you yeah because you've got so many cars and the listeners always like the format of this podcast but you've got so many cars and you've had so many cars and i didn't know you had that many Mm -hmm. i knew you had a few but not this many (laughs) um but let's just go let's just let's just go to the 356 and my point i was going to make and i think i made it to mark and car mark at mark and cars is that i find it very Strange because you said that you thought that the 912 was like an old person's card. It was tweed. It was that classic sort of thing. And that's how I see the 356. You know what I mean? It's funny, isn't and it? And it's a bit weird yeah. now. I appreciate the 356 more now, but in a way, I still, I'm still <laughs> struggling. I still like the 912, yeah. early 911 better. But I, I see what the, I do see the appeal of the 356, but it's interesting how, you know, our views were sort of, you know, similar, but mine was more for the 356 shape. So yeah, let's tell the listeners. <laughs> let's tell the listeners exactly about your three five six because this is the the, the sure. latest car and this is the main car, I guess, of of your owner's story. Um, what did you find yeah. and how did you find it? Um, and what process did you go through? 
So I found the car on eBay, I think. I think it was advertised on Trader as well. Um, but I found it on eBay. And initially, I'd looked at it and gone, again, I was like, oh, that's a, that could be a nice 356, but it's a bit boring. Um, and I remember showing June, and I was like, what do you think of this one? And we were both looking at it like, oh, it's uninspiring. Um, so first impressions weren't good. Um, but I've always been someone that likes to find a car that doesn't quite hit the mark and then almost to prove what it could be, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, so we'd seen it and I yeah, looked at it online quite in quite detail. I'd had a look at all the detailed photos as well. And I could see this thing, you know, it needed attention. Um, it definitely wasn't a perfect 356. But, you know, we made the trip down um, on a school day when both the kids were in school. You know, we hit the road and went down to um, to Dover. It was down in Dover. Okay. And we went down to this kind of damp looking warehouse by the coast and you know it's kind of like one of those situations where it's like where you'd find like the bad guy in fast and the furious or whatever it was like <laughs> that kind of situation like chains and stuff yeah, outside yeah. but um we went in and it was just full of awesome cars man they had like rally cars and classic cars and tons of classic porsches and then in the corner like like it's almost cinematic you had the light breaking through these windows and you just had this white 356 like sat um and i was just like there it is and you know i went up to it and i was like right there's inch thick filler on this panel the door gaps were okay i had a look underneath and i was like well it's got some accident damage the floors aren't great um but i was like it's a sunroof model which i really wanted um i really wanted you know i wanted a t1 and on first impressions, I was like, this is a T2 because it had the teardrop headlight, uh, teardrop rear lights. Uh, so I was like, I'd like something a bit earlier. It was registered wrong as well. He'd registered it as a 58. Um, the engine just stank of stale petrol. Like the oil was mixed with fuel and it just wasn't a great car. Right. Sorry, sorry PJ, could, this is a classic dealer or is it someone's private collection, private car? It's a, it's, it's a dealer. It is a dealer. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'd been very honest with the advert or whatever, but um, so I, I kind of I loved it because I, I, it's my dream car. Um, but I actually walked away. We we decided not to go for it. Um, I kind of tried to see where it'd go with the price, and I was like, uh, you know, this is still too expensive for what it needs doing. And I had another friend that had been to view it and passed on it as well, and. He had initially viewed it when it was like £15,000 more than it was advertised at that point. Okay. Um, and so we, we... So it took a while to sell, did it? Yeah, I think it had been a little while. I think just because it wasn't a running, driving vehicle. You know, it had an engine and everything okay. was there, but it just wasn't wasn't what most people would be looking for if they were looking for a 356. Right. Think. So you've got a... It's a, it's a well-worn 356. It's got lots mm. of filler. It's got bodywork. It's got a bit of damage. <laughs> Yeah. It has rust. Yeah, it's non- uh, some rust. Yeah, it did have rust. It's just a turning motor, free turning motor. I love that. Is it free mm-hmm. turning motor, not running motor? Is that what they yeah. call it? Something like that it can be hand cranked or whatever. Yeah. How was the hand interior? Turned. How was the condition of the interior? So the interior is all right. Um, it was actually I I've still got the interior in there. Um, okay. It was yeah. Again, bearing in mind my previous vehicle was a rat-infested Volkswagen. Like yeah. Going okay. into this again felt a bit like luxury. Um, 
but sorry, what was the deciding thing though that made you walk away when you you went down and look at it? And you, what was the thing that made you think I I can't do it with this one? I just I just thought it needed a bit too much for the price it was priced at. Okay, I thought to myself, this is going to be. I had actually gone into this thinking I don't want another project because the last one, the Split Window Beetle, was five years of a project for a car that essentially hadn't had any paint work <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah um and that um well it had had paint work underneath i tell a lie uh but from the outside it didn't look like a restored car um so i didn't want another project i wanted a running good car and i you know from just looking at the engine i knew that engine hadn't run for ages um and it was going to need work um so so we walked away uh, we drove away and then about an hour later I got a phone call saying would you do it if I dropped the price to this and I think initially I said no again and okay. then by the time I got home I got another phone call and he said I could do it delivered to your house for this amount and I said right let me call you back and I spoke to June and she was like well it's our dream car so you do what you want to do and then I so I said okay let's do it and immediately had buyer's remorse but <laughs> I was extremely excited. So it was still on the high side then. It was still on the Not, high side. See, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty vague here. I don't know the prices of fifty. It's a fifty-seven, right? You said mm-hmm. it was. Is it the same year? Yeah, it was it's Todd's? a fifty-seven. Yeah, it's a fifty-seven T one. So the price range of fifty-seven T ones in the UK now range from where to where? Are they nine twelve prices or they're higher? They're higher, right? Well, I mean, I, I'm still a bit confused about nine twelve prices because um, well, it seems they're know, all fifty thousand pounds now in the UK. I don't know; it doesn't matter what condition; it's forty five thousand or thirty nine thousand pounds. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I bought my nine twelve for something like uh, early twenties, and, yeah. and you know, like now I was looking at another one, and someone was asking like eighty grand, and I'm like, what's what's going on? Um, yeah. But I can I understand the value in them. Uh, I think they were probably just undervalued before, but. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry, I digress. Um, the three five six, I think it was extremely fairly priced in the end. Um, it was the cheapest. I tell a lie. There was a cheaper one that I missed that was probably slightly better car, but not a sunroof model. Okay. Um, I wasn't quick enough on it, um, and I I believe this was fairly priced. Um, still had loads of room to what I saw was the maximum value it could be worth. And even now, after all the work that's been done, you know, I could still get it painted and, and have change on profit. So. Okay. Let's get onto that, actually, because people like to know, and I, I don't, I'm not talking about dollar figures here, but you bought the car. since you, When did you buy the mm-hmm. car? What year? How long ago? Uh, I bought the car in 2019. 2019? No. Was it? So only two years Sorry. ago. All right. Yeah. So you bought I the was... car. How much? I'll, I'll let you look at your notes and have a look. But so you've got the value of the car. How much have you put into the car? Have you put 50% of the value in the car to get it the way you want it? Have you no. put 25% of the car value of the car? Yeah. Yeah. About, about that, I'd say. Part of the, you know, some of the cost was building a new engine for it. We decided to just uh, get rid of the, of the motor that was in it. Um, I part X'd it against the new build. Um, okay was it it wasn't uh, matching numbers then your car the engine the no i did see i didn't i didn't want a matching numbers car because i know that i was always going to ruin this car if it was okay <laughs> it was never going to be a stock car for me i'm i'm just not that person really. all right i mean 
So where do you so, source the um, engine from for the three five six? So you, you say I'm gonna you're gonna change the engine. Is uh, flat six Jack working on the car? Is he the one doing the work on the three five six? How do you source um, another uh, engine for a three five six? So actually, um, at this point, I think at the time I bought it, um, I think Jack was either at Lambeau or something. But um, I had just come off of the back of Ease Autos building me that ridiculously cool custom motor for the split window beetle yeah and so i went back to ian for this um you know ian's always looked after me so well and um i i would equally trust jack with this project as well like i could have gone both ways but um i went back to ian based off of what we'd done with the the because it was already a 356 motor that was in the the you know the patina outlaw bug so you know went back um he you know they they did a banging job the guys at his autos with that motor the new motor it's it's awesome um i I haven't so where do they source that from in the uk it's quite easy to source you so the guy that was working with ian um he had a stockpile of motors um, and basically so the new the new engine is built around uh a 356 sc or 912 engine um so it's so three five six SC so ninety horsepower is it? Uh, yes. So it was the it was the sorry it was the nine twelve engine. So around a hundred, I guess. Hundred. What yeah. they put out? Yeah. No, it's sorry, a... they put out ninety ish, don't they? On a good day, and so yeah. with all the work that's with all the work that's been done, um. Yes, to forgive me, I'm not very good at technical stuff. No, that's okay. Um, no, that's okay. Neither am I. I just know that I just always thought the 356C I remember was the super super 90, isn't it? Isn't that what it has on the back? Super 90. Yeah, it was 90, 90 yeah. horsepower. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, it started with so the, the new motor started with 90 brake, but after what we did to it, we think it's pushing over 100 now. Okay. So what did you do to the 356? Because I know the listeners want to know what what was what are the things you actually have done to the car in the last two years? So it's had some welding um it's it needed uh it's kind of again after after such a long project previously i wanted to have a car i could drive and not worry about stone chips and stuff so um so it got it got the necessary welding done um then it went off to prs 356 to have the chassis and gearbox sorted so it had a gearbox rebuild and when i had it it was on uh, when I bought it, sorry, it was on like um, disc disc brakes, but like narrow pattern. So what like like a nine eleven or a nine twelve would have. Um, yeah. But I wanted to go back to wide five, so we did a new disc brake conversion from CSP, which is again a company I knew from VWs. Okay. Um, and lowered the whole car and basically got it ready for like fast road use. Uh, and then engine wise, yeah, again, so the nine twelve engine uh full flow oil um modified the fan uh and the the tinware etc um billet crank uh billet crank pulley um 85 mil big ball pistons and barrels to bring out to 1680 cc um weber 40 idf carbs um uh basically a load of modified stuff really <laughs> nascar spec uh, push rods and a stainless steel, a bath-style four-tip exhaust. Okay. And the wheels and suspension? Yeah. So uh, lowered on 
lowered all round. Um, only a little bit though. It's not. I've not slammed that car at all. Yeah. Um, it looks fantastic, on, by the way. I mean, on your Instagram, I have to thank say, thank you very it really much. Does. Thank it you. It does look good. There's something about the white <laughs> Cheers, too, the, the, and the white. I want to get to the paintwork when you finish this bit, but there is something <laughs> about the white, and it's also like Nix nine twelve in white too. I, I don't know. There's a trend. Yeah. Here. I like white cars, um, but uh, yeah. So it's lowered on conies um, all round. Uh, Kony shocks and it's just got stock stock wheels i had to source some uh again um just friends from the vw scene helped me out with that they helped me find the bits i needed for that so that's really cool yeah so it's got the steel the the traditional steel steel wheels yeah yeah i like that look i I don't know i don't i i had i have wheels like in my loft that would have suited it but i just wanted to go with something stock yeah ish stockish um I'd like to get something wider for it. Though. I wouldn't mind some wider wheels, but in the same same look, something stock looking, but just slightly wider. The white one with the bonnet straps. Did you put the bonnet straps on, or is that another someone else's car? That's your car, is it? That's my car. Yeah, you're looking on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So you've added the <laughs> um, you've added the, yeah, so the hood straps. straps. The hood straps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah we added those um, again. Slightly outlaw looking, slightly race car. I want to I want to use it on track days. I want to. Um, do hill climbs and stuff with it. So, like yeah, that's good. You got the wire on the lights. You've got the the leather straps. Yep. It's got a nice. Uh, it's got a really nice stance at the front, hasn't it? It really does have a great Thanks, stance. Man. And I said this about when um, when I was talking to Todd as well. You know, it does have a great stance. So tell me the tell me the relationship again between your number and Todd's number. Todd from Stone City Outlet. Uh, yeah. So I heard him saying that his was one of the last T uh, ones, last T ones, and. And so I kind of was like, oh, I don't know, mine is as well. And like his, I think he said his was built on like the 6th of September or something from I memory. Can't remember. I and can't then, remember. And then mine was built on the 11th. And I think there was, um, my chassis number is uh, the last three digits of 632. And then the last one they did with the T1 stuff was 692. So it really was near the end of the run for those, those that shape. Wow, in particular. that's... That's quite, it's quite crazy, isn't it? You know, you and Todd have both told your story and you're both, your cars are so close in in number. Yeah, man. I said to him, they (laughs) probably were on the same boat to America. Exactly, exactly. Weird. It it could be the same person that built the cars as well. That's the thing, you know, at the same time, probably in the same week. probably true. The same week, you know what I mean? There they are sitting in those old photos that you see on the 356s on the the Porsche production line, you know? Yeah, Um, man. Which is fantastic. Such a small world. <laughs> so, what else is planned for the three five six? What else are you going to do to it? Is there anything else planned? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to carry on with uh, with the interior. I'd like to do um, some speeds to seats because the seats that are on it they need work anyway. Um, the okay. seats that are in it they 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 need work anyway. They they lean to one side. They're like uh, I. It's a love hate relationship. They're quite comfortable, but at the same time. Like I'm, the positioning of them is dog. Like it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if I rebuilt the seats, it would be fine. But I just want that race scene. But there's some great aftermarket speeds to seats Porsche seats now, isn't there? This I mean, yeah, I see yeah. those companies Simons on Instagram for the 912 and stuff. Of those, com- I can't remember the guy. I know there's a guy in California um, that someone yeah. else on Owner Stories got the seats for his. Uh, Andrew from 911 South got some seats for his uh, 993 from 
I think it was okay. someone in California that has seats as well. And then I see that guy on Instagram that always pops up that they've got the speedster type seats as well. Um, so there's obviously yeah. a lot of, lot of uh, people out there making them. I'm not sure how much they cost, but they look fantastic. Oh, man, they're expensive. They're, you know, if you want steel or al- aluminium ones um, or aluminum, if you're in the States. Um, but man, PJ, they're, they're I really like those images when you see a 356 and it's got that carpet, you know, that wool type original yeah. carpet that people yeah, put yeah. in the restored on one. On the backs. Yeah, it looks, uh, yeah. That looks fantastic, yeah. doesn't it? It looks really, really cool. Yeah, man. My, my interior is... You know, I think um, Paul at PRS was like, it just smells of, of cheap interior. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. It still smells better than the mice. So, so what, <laughs> what's on the horizon then? You've got you've got the three five six. You've got your dream car. Um, mm-hmm. What's on the horizon? Anything else? No, really. This three five six. Like I, I remember made like when I made the choice to get it. I was sat writing my will. And I was like, like, I was being asked, like, which cars are you going to give to your kids? And like, one was getting a restored beetle and the other was getting the rat's nest. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't seem fair. And I was like, they're going to have to go through all of these cars, bearing in mind, I think at the time there was five of them. And I was like, I just want to get one car that I can really identify with. And yeah. I don't want any more projects after that. But even now I'm still looking online at 911s and 912s and 914s. And so, yeah, it yeah. never stops, does it? There's plenty, <laughs> of, uh, there's plenty of rusted old 914s for sale. I always see them <clears throat> coming up. Um, yeah. They, they, that would be a big project though, the 914, wouldn't it, to do a 914? Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them are a mess. Yeah. Some of them are a mess. Yeah. So do the girls, what, what's the, what are your girls' favorite car? They love the 356 or they like the Beatles better? Uh, see, my my eldest one loves the 63 Beetle. Um, but in saying that, that car lives with a permanent cover over it so that they can't scratch it. The first thing my youngest did when the nine, uh, sorry, when the three, five, six came in was run a hot wheel down the whole wing. And I was <laughs> like, man, I'm so glad that I don't have a restored car. Like after we finish this podcast, I'm going to go pick her up from nursery. Okay. And uh, it's a beautiful day outside. And it's like, you know, the teachers laugh because I pick her up. It's got four point harnesses as well. So she's really strapped in, Very nice. but, from the outside, you can't even see there's a child in there. She's <laughs> just so small that she's right down it there. It just looks but... like you're talking to yourself all the time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so tell me, about, but... uh, tell me about the car shows. What are these car shows that you've organized yeah. or are still organizing? I know uh, Nick mentioned to me that you helped him with uh, his classic for carers thing that he does, that, he, that you did yeah, some of the design yeah, and that for him. But, he, but you said you – someone told me or you told me when, before we started that you, you've done some car shows as well. Where are they? Yeah, so those initially started at my work when we were, you know, we were having a meeting, brainstorming how to get new people into a golf course because people see a golf course and they go, yeah, you know, kind of, is it going to be snooty? Am I going to be welcomed? And, you know, we were really struggling to get new people into the, into the, into the venue. So I pitched it. I was like, well, why don't we do a car show? And they're like, well, we don't know of anyone that does a car show on a golf course. So I was like, well, here's Pebble Beach. Exactly. You know, I was going like... to say, that's the perfect setting for it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, and then, and obviously they all know, they because they're all into golf, they're all like, oh, Pebble Beach. Yes, I know Pebble Beach. So, you know, they were absolutely buzzing about that. So I was like, okay, well, let's do one. And 
you know, the first one was a success. The second one was a success, but man, we had such a heat wave. We were literally the night before we were filling up the golf ponds because we used the actual golf course for the event with a hose. Like it was drained to the fact that it looked like a desert. I was like, we can't do that. Um, What's the show called, PJ? What's the show called? Tell the listeners what it's called. It's called Classics at the Clubhouse. Um, But we had to cancel it, obviously, last year because of COVID, um, which was a massive shame because, you know, we'd worked super hard on it at that point already. We'd done a lot of building work to expand it. Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment, but you know that that is it is what it is so um, is there a chance there'll be one this summer or are we are you still going to hold off just in case I'm, the I'm restrictions hoping, i'm hoping i've yet to talk with everyone at work about it um because uh well i've <laughs> also supposed to have been getting married as well so i've okay. kind of been working out so whether that's to priority do that. right <laughs> <laughs> no never <laughs> um yeah and then my, my wedding was supposed to only have been like a week after the last classics of the clubhouse so oh, okay. everyone was joking that i hadn't paid any attention to the wedding all i was doing was working on the so the, the three five six is the wedding car that was the idea man <laughs> but, but um yeah man i mean that the three five six project was just like dead in the water from covid just because yeah. everyone shut down you know like it was supposed to be very quick. So we have a lot of <laughs> listeners in the UK. Is there somewhere they can go and, and is there a website for this car show that you have or is there a Facebook yeah, page? Yeah. Or? Um, Cl- Classics of the Clubhouse has an Instagram as well, which is just at Classics of the Clubhouse. Uh, we do have a website. We also do monthly meets down there as well on the Thursday night called the Thursday Night Roll-Up, okay. um, which is the one which Nick came to, uh, Nick and Jack, and I showed them around and then Nick very kindly put us in touch with Haggerty, who uh, agreed to sponsor the event going forward, which is cool. Fantastic. Um, so I've got to thank him for that. It was very kind. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen last year. So. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Check out our Instagram and classics um, at the clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think everyone should check that out, and I'll I'll put the link. <clears throat> I'll get the link off um, PJ, and I'll put it in the in the podcast, and I'll also put it on the. Um, audio version of this podcast that goes on youtube as well so if you guys want to see it just look in the description and, and the link will be there if you haven't caught it that's great oh, pj you. we've we've gone way over time today and you know i always like oh, to keep sorry. the podcast no no it's fine it's not a problem at all it's been good um i know i'm not sure if you have to get somewhere but um we've gone over time um anything else you want to tell the listeners uh no uh, <laughs> um i mean i for me personally i just like to give a shout out to everyone that helped me with the cars over the years, people that, you know, gave up their time to help me find cars or work on cars and people that still, you know, our community is growing. The car community is, is growing. I don't think whether that's just because it's particularly fashionable. And all I can say is it's, it is a fantastic thing to be involved in Porsches and air cooled cars. Like, <laughs> I just think there is a, there is a family growing there, and I'm very proud of that. So. Yeah, it's it's a. I have to say, and I mean, I'm, I know this is. I'm guessing this is the same in the US, but you know, because as I said to you, I, I you know I spent a lot of time because we have a flat in London. Um, you know, I've met so many people. You know, I don't even have a. I don't even have a nine eleven or a nine twelve or anything in in the UK. But I feel so connected to the UK community now. You know, from you know, now speaking to you and speaking to Jack and speaking to 
you know, all the p- other people in the UK that, that reach out to me. The community in the UK for Porsche is really strong and classic cars is very, very yeah. strong. Um, yeah, it's massive. You know, the Porsche community in general is just is just fantastic. And I know that's the same in the US and Australia as well, uh, New Zealand. All the, Everyone's got a really, you know, everyone's got their little, you know, strong culture and it's, it's, it's great. And it is growing. And I think because of COVID, uh, it has actually got stronger. Um, yeah. And maybe it's because we are all connecting and we're connecting, you know, uh, online and stuff. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's funny. Like, sorry. Yeah, no, go, go, on. go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it's, it's funny how you mentioned Jack, Flat Six Jack. And the people that are now connected through all of us through Jack, like I've got a guy called John down the road, John Reed, who's a customer of Jack's. And Jack... Uh, sorry, John came along to Classics at the Clubhouse. I didn't know him at the time. He, him and me then became, uh, he introduced me to a guy called Jake or Jake introduced me to him. They already knew Jack. We all managed to find each other. And then yeah. obviously Nick and and um, Sunburn Lobster Jack, they're now coming along. And, you know, regularly, you know, I used to see John's car out and about. I've got photos of it on my Instagram like four years ago or whatever. Yeah. And then you start to see, you start to become friends with those people. We, you know, before COVID anyway, we were all meeting fairly regularly, going to events, uh, oil called and stuff. It's brilliant. I've got a community here that I never had a few years ago. And that's awesome. Yeah. I want to see all these cars in the flesh. I want to see these cars. I want to see your car. I want to see uh, Sunburn Lobster. I want to see Nick's 912, uh, Flat Cap Drivers Blue 912, you know. The, I saw the lobster the other night. I was doing some filming for for Jack. What's man, it like to sit in it? Is, I didn't. I didn't sit in the car, okay. but man, like I poked my head in it, and I was like, <laughs> "This is amazing." The, that interior is. Yeah, it's it's better in real life, man. As well, like, I mean, it looks amazing in photos, but you see it in real life, and you're like, "I want. I wish my house looked like this." Do you yeah, know what I mean? I mean Look, you know, I hate red as a color. I'm one of these people that really hate red, but there's something about that interior that just it just works. Oh man, really it's, well. it's rad. It just the works. exterior of that car as well is is incredible as well. It's like fantastic patina. The um, one thing I didn't touch know. on actually, but talking about patina, PJ, is that you you haven't yeah, done anything it. to the paintwork of your three five six, right? You've left it original. No, I've um, left it. Yeah, it's it's the original paint, or it's been resprayed no, at one point. No, no, it's it's had multiple like horrible horrible cheap um horrible cheap paint job at some point no drips though but okay. it's just i i mean i i love that like this car wasn't a car that you know you get those quintessential barn finds um and you get those amazing stories where you know oh, it's been sat for i think you know 45 years 50 years or like my previous split bug but yeah, yeah. this car wasn't that this car was driven a lot it was not loved it was not well looked after it was the guy said when he found it or the guy who bought it found it it was just on the side of the street with his bumper hanging off and you know you can see if you look at the photos you can see where that bumper had impacted on the bodywork and was sat there and it wasn't like that and even the guy that i bought it off said he only got it because someone else turned it down like they bought a job lot of cars and that little 356 was just yeah, it's not, it's no. not, it's neither here nor there. It's great. It's a great story. I, I mean, you, you know, thank you, you, you started off in VWs. You started off, no, no, it's a great story. You start off on the air cools. I mean, 
I like it. And you, you've ended up with your dream Thanks, car. Man. Let's call it your dream car because it is. Uh, and it looks it fantastic. Is. It is my everyone, dream car. Yeah, and everyone should check out PJ's Instagram, uh, PJ underscore, underscore Gibbons, G-I-B-B-O-N-S, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, on Insta. So check that one out. It'll be in the link of this. Uh, it'll be in the description of this podcast. I always like to ask the question, and I know we're like, pushing on time here, but I, I always like <laughs> to ask you a question. You've got your 356 or you've got your 912, you've got your V-Dub. Mm-hmm. Roads in, in the UK, what's one of your favorite roads to drive on where you actually really connect with the road and connect with the car? Oh, man, I'm I'm really lucky. Like, I live in an area where I can turn left or turn right out of my house. And even the drive to school to pick up my kids is is a really lovely drive. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, I live I live right on the border of Oxfordshire and Berkshire um, oh, okay. on nice. the river. Uh, a place called um, well, I don't know if I should say yeah, where I live. I don't know if it's not, safe yeah. or not, but so I won't. <laughs> I, know the, <laughs> I, know. I know the I know the area where you're talking about. It's a lovely area. Yeah. I live in England, <laughs> but I, I've literally got roads everywhere. You know, I'm not that far from the Cotswolds. Um, I live in an area of outstanding natural beauty, so you know I'm surrounded by woodland roads and everything. But fantastic. Um, there's a particular road I do like to drive, like particularly if I'm you know, kind of doing a test run. Um, and that's over near Wallingford. Um, I don't know, lost it. Huh? But basically, um, it, it's, a, it's a fairly substantial A road. It's not even a substantial A road. I'm lying when I say that. Um, but it sweeps all through the hills. And there's a point where you can see what used to look like an old Anglo-Saxon fort or something. Fantastic. You know, it's, I live in the area of like Watership Down, um, that kind of area. And man, there's always something beautiful to see. And sometimes you get lost um, and you'll find something that you never knew was there. So, okay. What I think explore. (laughs) Sounds great. Sounds great. Um, What I think you should organize. And I I did bring this up with uh, Jack actually, because Jack was telling me the story how him and Nick went to Stuttgart and then they left Stuttgart and they said they were going to buy air cooled. They were going to get an air cooled, (laughs) both of them. And now they ended up with an air cooled. I think a great event to organize would to get all these classic guys from the UK, tie it into your clubhouse thing and go to Stuttgart, test the reliability of the 356, (laughs) test the reliability of the 356 and take it back to Stuttgart, take it back to, you know, to Germany. I, I, me and my um, my coworker that does classics at the clubhouse with me, we've been planning a road trip yeah. for years, literally years. We were going to go do um, the Nurburgring, Nordschleife, yeah. um, Stuttgart. Going to go by Reims for some photos, maybe down to Le Mans, whatever. We were, we were, we've been planning it for a long, long time, and unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, I'd love to organize a whole crew. Yeah, yeah especially man, being you're a photographer as well, right? So because of the, you yeah, know, the, yeah, the amount of, and film. you know, everything you could get out of that would be fantastic. The memories from that. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, great suggestion. I'd love to do that with a bunch of bunch of friends. So it'd be wicked. All right, PJ. That's great. Thank you so much Thank for um, much. taking the time today. I know it's a Saturday. Oh, it's a Friday, sorry. I always think it's Saturday because I'm in the <laughs> Middle East. It's the first day of the weekend here, but it's Friday. Um, um Thanks for taking the time. Great to hear your story and great to meet you. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you talking to me. And I'm sorry if I've gone on a bit too much today, but um, it was great fun. 
No, not at all. I think uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy this one, and you know, it's a great you know, it's it's a great car story. I mean, there's a, there's a lot oh, in there. Man. I mean, you know, there's yeah. a lot in there, and it's it's passionate, and and you've ended up with a great car. You know, you really have, um, and I like oh, it. Thank you. All right. Um, thanks, everyone. So that was PJ coming in from London, uh, talking about his 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 car journey, his three five six, and that's about it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Oh.